Hey, chaps, happy Friday. We are live, and what a time to be alive. Praise God. All righty, so today, uh, delving into king energy versus slave energy, slave mindset. You know, I think one of the biggest uh, joys of our life as, as Christians uh, is this journey that we're all on. You know, I was, I was saved into a, a charismatic, Pentecostally type, non-denominationally type church where identity was, you know, oh, we're all sons of God, we're friends of God. But no one ever really taught on kingship, that Jesus is the king of kings and we are the kings that he is kings over. And with kingship, you know, with an identity comes an outworking, with an identity, with a software uh, comes a functionality. You know, so if you if you download a software, it is it allows your hardware to do something. And having a salvation experience, uh, getting becoming a regenerated man, a, a a conversion experience from from sinful from sinful orphan. You know, we get saved from our sins. We get we get born again uh, through the blood of Jesus. To what? And the church gets sonship right. They, they get this part, well, half. They get half the sonship thing right. Like we're now sons, right? We're adopted to be sons. So sons is, an, is a software that gets downloaded into this hardware. You know, now we go around and like, okay, I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son. So what does that mean? What is it in context of? Son is in context of father right? So father, he's a good father. So we don't always get that right because we think he's, he's a stern Zeus who's, who's angry at us and who uh, rejects us and who abandons us. <clears throat> when Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. And he constantly talks about this father who is uh, with us, who is, sees us in secret, who rewards us openly who prunes us and directs our steps, who has investment in us. Why? Because so we're sons and this father is the king of kings, a kingdom. The kingdom is at hand, you know, so, so we as kings, it's a now, it's a now kingdom. Now it's not, well, one day when we die, we will, we will go to heaven and there we shall reign with Christ. And there we shall finally be our glorified selves. When Jesus says it's now, it's kingdom is at hand. So we have a mandate. Adam was created by God. Good. Like This is good. The world was created. Good. Woman was created. Good. Like just, wow, this is amazing. This was the, this was the, the pattern, the design, the creation, you know, software 1.0 dominion mandate. That was the first software. Adam, be fruitful and multiply with your help meet Eve. Take dominion over this garden, over this world. Rule, reign. Software 1.1. 1.0. A virus comes in, uh, corrupts the woman, corrupts the man, corrupts the world. And so we have our first breakdown. And so Jesus has to uh, come in and reboot the whole system. Right? So what does he reboot it to? Is it like, well, you were running Mac. Now we're going to run Microsoft. It's like, no, you were, you were running Adam. That was, that was the software you were running. 
Now it's 2.0. Jesus is the second Adam, right? We're, we're, all right, chaps, there was a virus. We're taking care of it. Software 2.0. Let's get this thing rebooted. Same earth, same man, same Eve, just 2.0. We've got upgraded powers to deal with viruses. We've got upgraded functionality, connectivity. Uh, we are a, an improved covenant, an improved priest, an improved power to outwork the mandate that God has given us. And so Jesus says, it is better that I leave, you know, so he's, he's died for our sins, resurrected, raised to life, <clears throat> uh, returns us the keys that Adam gave up to the devil for authority over earth, right? So, so Adam was created with authority over earth. He sins giving authority uh, to Satan. So Satan becomes the prince of the earth. He becomes authority over the earth. And, and many people still live like that. Like, don't talk, don't say the word Satan because he'll come into your house and uh, don't do this because the demons and, and don't do that. And, and they're a slave still to Satan because they think Satan is more powerful uh, than Jesus. Jesus in his death retrieves the authority of earth. So he says all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. I now say to you, go. I now give you a, a mandate again, a, a second dominion mandate to be fruitful and multiply, to disciple the nations, to steward creation, uh, to fulfill kingship of this kingdom that is for earth, right? This kingdom software is for now. It's for earth. And so <clears throat> we look at, at the patriarchs in the Old Testament. They are setting up a template for us of what kingship looks like. What does this software look like exercised through everyday men? You know, because a lot of guys could say, you know, it's all well and good uh, for the prince of Wales uh, to act like a king because he, he has king hardware. He was born into wealth, born into an aristocratic noble family, uh, being trained all his days to be a noble king. I am just some, whatever your circumstances, right? The hardware in our earthly thinking, we are slaves to the hardware. <clears throat> We think if the hardware is not kingly, then I'll never be a king. But the Bible says the software transforms the hardware. The hardware actually gives glory to God. If the hardware is unable to be kingly, how much more glory when that vessel is used to do king things? So we look at the patriarchs. We look at Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, David, Joseph. Joseph's a great, a great example of this, right? Joseph was the son of an aristocratic, wealthy landowner. He's the, Joseph is the great grandson of Abraham, right? So all of Abraham's wealth. Abraham was a, a massively wealthy man, massively powerful man, right? He was riding uh, in the circles of kings. He beat kings militarily. He plundered kings, right? He took land from kings. <clears throat> Joseph was the inheritor. Generations, generational increase in this wealth and power. Joseph is the favorite son, the favorite great-great-great-grandson, great-grandson of that identity, of that outworking, of that hardware. <clears throat> His brothers 
plan to kill him. Instead, he gets sold into slavery. He becomes the hardware of a slave, but he never takes on the energy, the mindset, the identity of a slave, right? So a lot of people are like, it must be nice to have wealth and, and, and ability and power and be of, of noble birth and high, you know, that's the problem with, with a lot of this uh, victim culture of our millennial generation of like, you made me a slave. Like the banking system made me a slave. The school system made me a slave. My parents made me a broken marriage, made me a slave. Uh, white people made me a slave. Black people made me a slave. Uh, Jewish people made me a slave. And so we, we, while, I'll, while this may all be true in the hardware, this can never be true for our identity. You see, the moment you cave into what the hardware can do, you cut off your connection to any software that God can download into your life. Software of blessing, software of kingship. And so with, with Joseph, 14 years, he's a slave in a foreign land, foreign people. He's the only person like himself. He conducts himself like a king. So it says he's on the slave block. Naked, uh, dirty, and, you know, all the slaves are being sold. And it says God was with him and Joseph was a prosperous man. He was a prosperous man. So, so he's fully a slave. He owns nothing. He doesn't even own himself. And God says he is a prosperous man. <clears throat> and so he, he goes into his, his master's uh, employ into his work and he's such a king. He has so much king energy that his master says, this is my top guy giving him everything except my wife. He can do whatever he wants. Listen to him. Nothing is off limits to him except my wife. So he just goes king energy. He runs this guy's work and business and, and responsibilities. <clears throat> and so this guy's wife, Obviously, as you do with men of status, she tries to uh, sleep with him and tries to entrap him. And he's like, how can I do this to my God? Right. The temptation was there. She was a beautiful woman. The temptation was there. They were alone. No one would have known. You know, he's complete control over all the people who could know. It's it wasn't a issue of him not wanting to do this. It was he had such an understanding of his identity. He's like, I am not a slave with a chip on my shoulder and a thousand grievances <clears throat> who, you know what? I'm my, like, my life is so bad. Like I'm going to do this thing because it makes me feel great. I'm going to do this thing because man, that would be great. And it's like, nothing worse can happen to me. I'm already a slave. I'm already at the bottom. You know, he says, how could I do this thing to my God? He's never left this identity of sonship and kingship. <clears throat> And so one of the things of kingship is we have to understand that our actions, even while under the hardware of slavery, our actions set precedence for when we step into our authority and our kingship. That is why David never killed Saul, because he knew once he became king official, he didn't want men coming around and killing him the way he killed Saul. He's like, everything I do is a precedent. We've got to understand our lives. As sun kings are precedent creating actions, precedent creating words. 
So Joseph says, how can I do this against my God? <clears throat> and he's like, he, he runs out and he's accused of rape. He's accused of, of this thing. And now he gets put in jail. So now he's in jail, right? How can you go? How much lower on the hardware scale can you go from slave to now wrongly imprisoned in a, in a, you know, however many century BC dungeon in sweltering squalid Egypt. And even in that place, his identity dominates his hardware, dominates his environment, dominates his surroundings to such a, an effect that the jailer says, this guy's got king energy. He has the keys to everything. You run it. So he's now king over the jail, <clears throat> running the jail. <clears throat> and so he trusts that him stewarding his little, the little that he has, that God will be pleased by his choices, by his actions, and God will bring him into the greater things. And God does. And it's not perfect. It's not like Joseph was this perfect, like, jip, 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 jip. he's like many flaws, right? There were times where he was an arrogant douche to his brothers. That's why his brothers hated him. There were times where he was, um, you know, uh, in despair as a slave, in despair as a prisoner. You know, he says to the butler, he's like, please, for the love of God, remember me. Get me out of here. Like, that's him trying to organize his escape from his surroundings. And there's no sin in that. There's no uh, wrong in that. It's, it's our natural desires. God, get me out of this place. Why aren't you getting me out of this place? Stop making my moves, you know, but God directs your steps. So God directs his steps. And so, so you know, through providential uh, things, he comes before uh, the Pharaoh and now he becomes Pharaoh's top guy. He never, in his whole life, he never got freedom from slavery. He was a slave his whole life from the age of, you know, 15, 14, whatever it was, till his, till his death, he was a slave. But he was a king, energy, software, identity, outworked. It didn't matter what his hardware was. And so that's where we come to today for ourselves. <clears throat> right now, you know, we are going through hard things in our personal lives. You know, each of us has sufferings. Each of us has storms. Each of us has setbacks, thorns in the flesh, opposition, betrayals, hard, hard luck. Uh, and that's okay. You know, it's okay to be in this place of, of enslaved hardware. But never can we permit our software to become slave software. So here's what, what we've got to change. <clears throat> our words and our meditations, right? As far as meditations are concerned, you know, here's what a slave says. Like, I can't believe they do this to me. I hate this person. Resentment, uh, grievance, bitterness. Uh, so what does Math uh, Matthew 18 say? It says, if you cannot forgive your enemy, forgive those who have grieved you, offended you, your father in heaven cannot forgive you. We've got to understand this principle. King energy starts with us looking at the king of kings and saying, 
God, you know I'm here. Matthew 6, 6, right? Matthew 6, 6 says, go into your room, close the door. Your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Father, you see me in secret. I am your agent. I am one of your kings. When it's time for you to deploy me, I will be deployed. Until that time, I will act as if I was already deployed. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is at hand. And so this is what I wanted to encourage you guys. Christianity is a kingdom at hand. It's not a only one king polity. Jesus is a king of kings. He loves having as many kings as possible in his polity, in his kingdom, right? Christianity is aristocracy for every man. You know, it's what America, it's what the promise of America was, right? Was England was, well, only one guy can be king. And yes, we can all be nobles and lords, but it was kind of set and it was kind of concrete. And unless you were born to the right blood, you're just what you are, man, for the rest of your life. Christianity comes along and says, everyone through the blood, the birth, the, the blood birth of Jesus can become aristocratic in our identity, our software, our outworking, regardless of the material. And it's the same kind of thing with, with especially Southern United States of like this agrarian, like I could become a Lord. I can own land. I can build a business. I can create wealth and I can become politically influential in my town. That's aristocracy. It's Abraham. Like every man can follow the path of Abraham. If you believe that God wants you blessed, that's the, that's the identity. The slave identity says, I'm not good enough for God to love me. I've done things that prevent God from loving me. I, I don't know if God loves me. The king mindset is God made me in his image. I have sworn my allegiance, my fealty, my dependence upon Jesus Christ. I have with my mouth declared the lordship of Jesus Christ in my life. I am now a king that he is king of. I am now blessed because of his blood, right? So humility, it says here, by humility in Proverbs, by humility and fear of the Lord, Proverbs 22 verse 4, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Kingship, right? That's a king's life, riches, honor, life. What is humility? Humility isn't the opposite of pride. Think of it as a coin. Pride is one side, self-righteousness, self-works, that's pride. The flip side of pride is condemnation, self-unrighteousness, self-bad works, like I'm not good enough. That, both of those are the opposite of humility. Humility is knowing who I am and whose I am. I am a son. I am a king, right? And that's how I operate. So, so for instance, my wife, if she's humble and some guy comes up and hits on her and says, you know, uh, you're hot, give me your phone number. I shouldn't say humility is, sure, here's my phone number. I'm humble. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm humble. And whereas for me, I'm like, humility is my wife saying, I'm a married woman. That's my husband. Go speak to him. Like, sorry, buddy. Jog on. That's humility, right? A lot of people be like, that's arrogant. You weren't kind to him. You weren't nice to him. It's like, no, I'm not my own. My wife is not her own. My wife is mine. It's the same with sonship and kingship. I'm not my own. I am God's. I am Jesus Christ's. And so therefore, I treat people 
with a certain aspect of boundaries and respect that is warranted of humility. DVG, how's the brother? Serve the master as a slave in body. Be a noble lord in character and energy. Circumstances cannot corrupt noble blood. Serve your boss or debt holder in body, but not in mind. Then it's possible to move toward freedom. Yeah, you know, the, here's the, here's the, the, the kicker when it comes to identity. You know, if a king goes to a brothel, gets flat out drunk, snorts cocaine, sleeps with a thousand prostitutes and comes out of the brothel, is he still a king? Yes. Can he still command things that are within his authority and they get done? Yes. Nothing changes, right? Our behavior doesn't change our identity, okay? It just, now, is he heaping up for himself problems? Yes, because he's going to kill himself from the cocaine. He's going to make bad decisions from the alcohol. He's going to get STDs and a thousand other problems from sleeping with a thousand women and create jealousies and create uh, bastard children and like heap up for himself burning coals by his actions. But it doesn't change his identity nor his authority. And that's what we have to understand as Christians. The blood of Christ changes our identity regardless of our actions, right? Now, our actions have consequences in this world. And that is why we want, we want to move our habits into, into alignment with our, our identity. But our identity doesn't is not the final answer. Sorry, our actions are not the final answer. Our identity is the final answer, which is where humility comes in, right? David was a humble man. It's like, if you read, if you read the stories of David, that dude was Donald Trump on steroids, right? He goes, he gets a guy murdered, bangs his wife, well, bangs his wife, gets him murdered, bangs her again, has a child, right? Dog, absolute dog. But humility requires him to be like, crap, I messed up. And it wasn't of his own volition. The, the, the prophet comes to him and is like, you stole a lamb or a lamb gets stolen from a poor man. Uh, the rich man comes, steals the man's lamb and has it for dinner. And David's like, oh, that's terrible. Kill that man. And, and the prophet's like, that's you. And he's like, crap, that's me. Like he has this, he has a repentance moment. He has a humility moment. And he's like, God, like I've sinned against you and you only. Now that's interesting, right? He doesn't say I've sinned against Bathsheba. I've sinned against uh, Uriah. The dude freaking murdered Uriah. And he doesn't say I've sinned against Uriah. I've sinned against Bathsheba. I've sinned against all my mates who I should have been at war with. He says, God, against you and you only have I sinned. And God restores this identity to him of kingship. Now, now David now had crazy troubles, right? For the rest of his life, he had crazy troubles with his sons, crazy troubles with women, crazy troubles in his kingdom with unrest. There were consequences for his actions, but he didn't stop becoming king. Why did Saul stop becoming king, right? Saul, by all accounts, was more clean than David. He was a man who, who was afraid. He had fear of man, not fear of God, right? When he sinned against the Lord. He says to Samuel, the prophet, he says, Samuel, please just come out with me before the people and bless me in front of the people. And Samuel's like, dude, God's ripped away the kingdom from you because you care more about people. You care more about yourself. You care more about, you're so afraid of what the people think that you're, you're, you're self, you're in pride and you're in condemnation away from the Lord. And so he rips the kingdom away from him. And we, we can't understand this. We're like, but Saul was the good guy. You know, that, that's, 
that's this identity thing, right? We've got to understand this identity thing. So yeah, man, so good. DVG, be a noble Lord in character and energy, man. Circumstance cannot corrupt noble blood. And that's, and, and here, and here we come back to the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son was a prince. His father was a wealthy aristocrat, landowner. In the story, the father is God. So he's a king. All powerful. The son says to the father, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance. Goes off to the city, squanders his inheritance on cocaine and women and parties it up, runs out of all his money. And he's, uh, he resorts to feeding the pigs just so that he can eat what the pigs eat. And he has a humility moment. He has a repentance moment, which is all of us, right? All of us living in our squalor. It's like, if I go back to my father and I beg to work for him, I beg to be a slave of him. I know he will feed me and treat me better than I'm being treated here. And that's where a lot of us come into Christianity, right? That's where a lot of us get saved into. It's like, man, I'm such a dog that if God could just forgive me, I'll be so happy to live the rest of my life as a wretch, slave, slave of God, wretch of God, uh, orphan, saved by grace. You know, you, you see a lot of these guys with, with their Twitter bios of like, wretch, uh, sinner, the worst, worst, most wretched sinner, orphan. And it's like, you were, you were. But imagine if, if once that boy comes back, and the father sees him from far off and he says, here comes my son, whom I love. Kill the fattened calf. Shed blood. The son who was dead is now alive. Here's my coat. Here's my ring. Here's my sandals. This is my boy. Reinstated. Reinstated to full kingship, to full princehood. Right? <clears throat> Imagine if that son went around. You know, now he's working at his father's business again, right? He's he's reinstated to kingship. Imagine if he goes around and be like, hey, man, I'm Scott Rich. Hey, man, I'm Scott Orphan. Hey, man, I'm Scott Prodigal Son. Hey, I'm Scott, the guy who embarrassed my dad. Hey, I'm Scott, the guy who dishonored my dad and wished he was dead. Hey, I'm, you know, 30 years later, you know, 30 years later. Hey, I'm Scott, the guy who ran away and, and spent half the farm in the city. Like the father would freaking slap some sense into this kid. The brother would slap some sense into this kid. The mother would slap some sense into the, like the friends would slap some sense. Like you ungrateful bastard. You're the son of the wealthy king. So it's, hello, this is humility, right? This is humility. Because what that was before was self-condemnation. What I did comes with me for the rest of my life. Self-condemnation. This is humility, right? Father, Will you forgive me? I'll be a slave in your house. And the father lifts you up and reinstates you. You're my son whom I love and with whom I'm well pleased. Now I go around and be like, this is my dad who I love. I'm the beloved son. I'm going to work my ass off because I love my dad. And I'm going to, I'm going to copy my dad and be my dad. I'm going to walk around and pretend that I am my dad because I am his son. I'm a chip off the old block. Uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You see me, you see my dad. You know, like, like that's humility. DBG, <clears throat> 2 Samuel 7, I'll be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Yep, discipline. But my mercy shall not depart away from him 
as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before the end. And that's a lot of us who didn't have good parenting. We, we take discipline as rejection. You know, so you take these two things together of, I will chasten him. My mercy shall not depart from him. Because we take a lot of us boys with broken families or, or whatever the case our upbringing was, whatever we were enslaved to, discipline equals rejection. My mercy shall not depart from him. As I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. God's promise never to remove sonship from Solomon or David, even though in some ways they did worse than Saul. Yeah, but they had faith in God, unlike Saul, who kept showing himself without faith. Exactly. And so here we come, chaps, to this point of king energy. What are the qualifications of a king? It's not your blood, and it's not your circumstances. Right? A lot of guys would be like, I'm not a king. I don't own anything. David didn't own anything. Jonathan, uh, Joseph, Joseph didn't own anything. Abraham, there were times when things were tough for him. Uh, Job, right? Job loses everything. If what we have, our environment, qualifies us for an identity, you know, the Bible's wrong. So what are the qualifications of a king if it's not what we have? The qualifications of a king are humility and fear of the Lord. Humility, knowing who you are, knowing whose you are, and fear of the Lord rather than fear of death, fear of approval, fear of woman, fear of man, fear of failure, fear of success. You know, one of the one of the, the biggest things with with David is chaps just let me know when I've come back on here. It just says I've uh, disconnected. There we go. I think I'm back on. Alrighty. So humility and fear of the Lord are the qualifications of a king. Awesome. Yep. So, so when it comes to, to us displaying king energy, right? The number one thing for us is humility. I think it's in James where it says, humble yourself in the sight of God. Humble yourself in the sight of God. It, it means prodigal son. It means, Father, here I am. Have mercy on me. Discipline me. Do what you want with me. I'll be a slave in your house. Humble yourself before the Lord. And it's when we do that, that we find that he lifts us up and he slaughters the, the, the fattened cow, Jesus. He slaughters Jesus to reinstate us into sonship. As Jesus is, so are we in this world right? That's the, the reinstating, the humility and fear of the Lord. So chaps, where a lot of guys lose it, where a lot of guys lose their king energy is fear. You know, why do we love Donald? Reading, reading his, uh, his biography is hot rousing because you're seeing a man with balls, a man who doesn't, perhaps doesn't know God, a man who is just carnal and, uh, and you know, for all intents and purposes, a, a very un- Christian ungodly man, right? But what are we what are we drawn to? What are we just whoa, like I want some of that. It's balls, it's courage, it's bravery. Jack Donovan says in his book, The Way of the Way of Men, which I highly recommend, he's talking about how to gain honor in a hierarchy. And he says the three <coughs> the three uh things are bravery, mastery, and strength. 
If you can increase those, you will increase your status in a hierarchy. And so brave men are incredibly encouraging to the men around them, right? If a brave man stands up, if a man of strength and a man of mastery stands up and says, no, we're not doing that. It's like, <laughs> king energy, boss, right? If a man stands up, whom other men respect, right? So strength and mastery is important. We, we need to grow in stature with men and God. We need to be growing in our strengths. Uh, and, and strength does not necessarily show physique. Uh, it, it's an aspect. You know, we don't, we don't respect obese men. Uh, you know, wealth is an aspect of strength. Uh, we, we don't really respect uh, homeless men. Um, uh, you know, linguistic skills uh, are a strength, you know, uh, book knowledge and, and showing yourself approved. It's a strength. You know, we don't really uh, respect ignoramus fools. <clears throat> so whatever your strength is, right? Donald has incredible strength uh, of negotiation wisdom, of deal making, of understanding and reading people. And, and by that wealth, that's his strength, right? And his mastery, he's shown competence at what he does. So now when he has bravery, everyone's like, wow, like that's impressive, right? And so he is a, a template. He is a, he is a patriarchal template of Abraham, of Joseph, of David, that we, we like, he is why these templates are so powerful and attractive to us as men, right? Bravery, strength and competence are weapons. Bravery is the, is the willingness to pull the trigger. Right? Without bravery, there's no point in being strong. Without bravery, there's no point in being masterful because you're going to be a slave. Identity of a slave, right? So there's a great quote <clears throat> where uh, it goes, a king is not for long life. A king is for glory. And that's talking about bravery, right? The bravery to confront. The, the role of a king is to set and keep boundaries, right? And so this is where we're going to come to, to scale. You know, to, to right now, what are we focusing on? What are we kings of right now? You know, so each of us are kings. You know, there can be 20 kings uh, in, the same, in the same organization, you know, because we understand hierarchy. Christianity is incredibly hierarchical. <clears throat> and so what am I king over? I'm king over my family. I'm king over my home. I'm king over my belongings. I'm king over my finances. I'm king over my health. I'm king over my uh, community that I have influence over. You know, so your your uh, Twitter feed, your your YouTube, if you guys have YouTube, your uh, letters that you write, your your business, your work, right? We have areas of domain, domain, dominion, right? This is my domain that I have uh, authority over. Now, a, a slave says, I, I don't have authority to to make decisions. I, I, I just wait on someone else to tell me what to do. A king says, this is what I have authority over. I, you know, that, that centurion who comes to Jesus and says, just say the word and my servant will be healed. I'm a man under authority and I understand authority. I command a man go and he goes. I command a man come and he comes. You, King Jesus, command the word and my servant will be healed. It's like, oh, King energy, like this guy, get it. Jesus is like, it's one of my top guys. Hey, hey, everybody, it's one of my top guys. Like, he's a lesson for us. 
He's a lesson for us in king energy, right? What do I have dominion over? I take authority and responsibility for that stuff. You know, uh, that whole thing of, of you don't have to drive a Bentley uh, to be a millionaire, but you need to treat your 97 Cavalier like it were a Bentley. Keep it clean. Keep it, you know, like, and, and don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of driving somewhere in your beater, your beater car. Get out as if you were a king. Walk as if you were a king, right? It's not the clothes that you have. It's how you take care and how you wear your clothes. Confidence is the best wardrobe, right? Confidence of, it's humility. Confidence equals humility. They're the same thing. Confidence in what? In myself? No. Confidence in my righteousness? No. Confidence in my works? No. Confidence in I am God's ordained, uh, what do you call it when you have oil on you? Anointed. Or an anointed king. And so when, when I arrive, it's not, it's not this arrogant, douchey, uh, all right, Jeffs, I've arrived. We have to have tact in how we treat other men. So we confer. Here's, here's the thing. When a king arrives, like, all right, here I am. I've arrived. It's not arrogant. It's when he, it's when he treats other men as lesser that he becomes arrogant, right? So if I arrive and be like, I've arrived. Here I am, Jeffs. The king has arrived. But if I come and shake and, and I, I do all that and then I come and shake your hand, I'm like, how you doing, my brother? It's a pleasure for me to be in association with you. I convey on him greater value and greater respect because I am associating with him. You know, so a lot of guys who claim arrogance or pride on people are because they have been excluded from that man's conveyance of value. They see themselves as under him. You know, so a lot of times, like in a, in a church hierarchy, you know, we're like all sizing each other up and trying to play the political hierarchy game of like, well, who can be closer to the pastor or like who can become the next elder or, you know, these hierarchy games that, that men play out of insecurity. You know, if I just arrived and I was like, you know, I am to me, I'm more important than all these men, you know, to my mission, to what God has put on my life. I am more important than all these men. However, I would like to be in association with all of these men. I would like to be of mutual encouragement to all of these men. I would like to fight alongside all of these men. And they don't determine whether I do my mission or not. And so me jumping into hierarchy games to try and get approval from some guy that I'm, I'm a man. I've made it. I'm a Christian. Because that's what I was trying to do as a young man, trying to vie for eldership and vie for for prominence in a church was the king who is the main guy, please in front of everyone, tell me, tell them and, and tell me that I've made it. Tell me that I'm a good Christian. Tell me that I'm high status. Cause I didn't know it myself. I didn't understand it myself. I was such a slave in my identity that I needed another king to lift me up to kingship. But then I would have been a slave in kingship. I would have been guarding, right? Now I would have been pushing down all the other guys who were a, a threat to, to my authority and my status. Because what if he, you know, he's, he's, he's elevated me to eldership. I'm now a, a hotshot guy. But if he elevates this guy, well, then that dilutes the awesomeness. It dilutes the status if there's now two of us who are on eldership. And it's like, I've got to keep these guys down. You know, that's, that's a slave mindset. 
it's it's pull the crabs down in the bucket, right? Whereas for us as kings, it's like push them out. Uh, Jesus says, serve. If you bless others, you will be blessed. That's why you can even bless your enemies. If you bless your enemies, it's not them that are going to bless you back. You know, very often you blessing your enemies is a in the flesh a counter a bad move. But you're not doing it for them. Just like just like Joseph was not sinning against uh, uh, this uh, slave master by sleeping with his wife uh, for himself, he was doing it for God. He was like, I won't do it because God, right? Same with reward, right? I can bless an enemy, not, it's, it's David and Saul, right? David can bless Saul by not killing him two, three times. David can bless Saul by not speaking bad against him. David can bless Saul by blessing him, knowing that it's doing it to God. I bless my enemy because I'm looking to God for the reward, right? God who sees me in secret rewards me openly. That is king mindset. So I can push all the other crabs out of the bucket. I can push this crab, push this crab, push them all out the bucket. They can all get their kingship. They can all get their status. And I'm the last crab in the bucket. And then the slave, the the, <clears throat> the accuser will come in and be like, Scott, you shouldn't have done that. Scott, you should have taken the front seat. Scott, you should have taken the microphone. Scott, you should have taken the last piece. Scott, you, you've missed out. Your selflessness has got you nothing. That's, that's what the accuser wants us to live in. But if you think about it, that was Jesus' life, right? Jesus gave his whole life so that he could get glory from the Father. And so for us, King Mindset, <clears throat> I don't mind if another guy gets promoted. I don't mind if another guy gets blessed. In fact, it becomes testimony. It's like, dude, you got promoted? Freaking, I'm claiming your testimony for myself. Dude, you got blessed? Awesome. Like, come on, bro. I want that testimony for myself. So it's like, God, what you can do. It's getting windy, boys. This is awesome. Must be the Lord loving on this. What God can do for another man, he can do for me. What God could do for David, he could do for me. What God can do for Joseph, he can do for me. What God can do for Abraham, he can do for me. That is king mindset. And that's what we need to live out of. All righty. DBG, most recent example of humility, Buckingham Palace has announced that Prince Philip will not lie in state even though he'd qualify because he didn't want the fuss. Noblesse oblige till the end. Yep. Mountbatten was a, a phenomenal, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of shenanigans and crap that goes on in the royal family. Uh, but I think our, our romanticism looks at a guy like Mountbatten and just says, like, that dude conducted himself with king energy. And ironically, he wasn't even a king. He was the queen consort, and yet he had king energy. Leagues of kings, kingdom of kings, and priests as possible without, with growing glory for everyone. That's it, chaps. The rising tide lifts all ships. You know, we have to get used to this thing. <clears throat> as, a, as a rugby coach, it's funny. When you go to coaching uh, clinics or coaching courses or coaching level workshops, whatever, man, you can just see the insecurity, right? Because every, you know, 20, 30 coaches will show up. Everybody wants to be the big guy. Everyone wants to be like, I'm the best coach here. I know more rugby than you. I know better moves than you. I know, I, like, tell me I'm the big guy, you know, and you'll meet a guy and be like, hey man, I'm Scott, how are you doing? Or like, if I know a guy, like, how's your program going? How's the, how your season doing? Everyone wants to be like, yeah, actually, um, let me tell you, let me tell you how good I am. Let me tell you how great my team, like, you know, and, and it's this chip on the shoulder of like such insecurity. Whereas instead, I'm like, Dude, teach me. 
Tell me your new moves. Tell me your new thoughts. Tell me your new tactics. Because I want to learn. Like, I want to learn from everybody here. Everybody here has got something for me to take to become better. A testimony, a trip, a, a trick, a tip, a tool. And that carries over to, to church life, right? We're all so on guard because I don't want this guy to come in and take what I've got. And I don't want this guy to come in and, and come above me in the hierarchy. And it's like, relax, relax, brothers. God sees you in secret and he rewards you openly. <clears throat> so awesome. Anyway, let me see what else i got in my notes. Uh, yeah, so right now, what are you responsible over? Uh, really start reigning, chaps. Take some time to journal out your current kingdom, your current uh, bank account, your current uh, family and friends, and close this bloody window. Excuse my armpits. King energy. Your current uh, workplace, your current goals, your current responsibilities and authorities. Uh, write that all down and and take assessment. You know, take assessment of your flocks and uh, see yourself in your mind's eye. How can I be a better king? How can I release king energy? How can I love my people and love my place? How can I bring God's blessing that he is using me as a conduit? A, a, a good king bears the sword as a ministry and the sword of God's word as well, right? So Deuteronomy 28, all the blessings that are in the word, all the blessings that Jesus has won for us, right? Bear them into your situation. And then a future vision. What great things am I attempting? So Proverbs says a man's gift makes room for him. It's this whole thing in a hierarchy, right? Your gift makes room for you in a hierarchy, brings you before great men. And we want to achieve great things with those great men. So what great things am I attempting? What is my gift that I want to contribute, that I want to give? Take stock of that and see yourself. David didn't see himself as an outcast reject in the desert. Uh, man, they were all right. I was just a little shepherd boy. I, I'm just shrinking away. He's like, I've been anointed by God. I know it. I'm standing on that word. And, and a lot of guys are like, Scott, I haven't had a fourth century BC priest in robes with huge beard come and pour oil all over my face. Like I just haven't had that. And it's like, you don't need that. We've got the Bible. The Bible says a ton of things about who we are, who God has said uh, that we are. Our, that's our software download, right? We don't need a, uh, crazy lightning and windstorm and, and God, you know, uh, give me a sign. It's like, read the Bible and follow the passions that he's put on your heart. What is the gift you want to contribute? Be a king at it. Have king energy. Love your people with it. Love your place with that passion and talent and gift. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's everything I had, chaps. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, be kings. It's okay to notice yourself when you're in slave mindset. That's what repentance is, right? That's what humility is. Course correct back into king energy. You know, I'm, I'm pretty aware of, of my own life. You know, I've, I've got a lot of slave hardware to overcome. And it's like, that's okay. Like we, we aren't born uh, as kings. We're born as princes. Uh, under um, authority and we, we must become mature and step into kingship into our inheritance dvg c.s lewis described friends as lights the more lights shining into your life the brighter and more brilliant your light that's it brilliant i'm going to end on this great great one you are the average of the five men 
that you spend your most your time with your your energy with you know i can completely change your life if i have control over your newsfeed over your time and over who you spend that time with you know so get around other kings get your newsfeed focused on king stuff on kingship of your life on allies other men who are living as kings right bold men strong men masterful men right and then you'll become like them we we put those lights in front of us uh, to shine into to we all become the likeness of the glory of christ love you brothers may the god of our good lord jesus christ who has made us kings may he bless you may he bless your businesses may he bless your families may he bless your status in your communities and have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday.